Interesting. It's wonderful to be together as family. And uh, I was thinking about how to intro this section and I felt like the Lord gave me a picture and that we've all got a watch, haven't we? We've all got a watch. And some of us, well, some of us own a watch. Maybe we're not wearing it. Okay. Um, on our watch, there's a date, and the date is the 30th. So we're at the end of this year. Another year has passed. And I was thinking about this, and yes, it's been an up and down year for perhaps many of us. And each and every one of us has different situations that happen uh, within this year. And yet, on our watch, the seconds go past. And every second of every day, of every year, every second that there has ever been time, the God that we worship is in control. The God that we worship who actually created time is the one that upholds and sustains all things. And this God that we worship is a faithful God. And in the midst of whatever we go through, uh, this God is a God that comes to us and works within us and in our midst. And so we thought it would be great at this time of year to actually share some stories that have gone through the year, share some testimonies, and to really encourage us as a church family that this God has been active and real in people's lives and for these stories to encourage us and uplift us as we look into the years to come. So I'm going to invite up three amazing women who are part of our church community and it's been a great privilege to get to know these uh, ladies of faith uh, more and more this year. And each one of them is going to share a story about uh, beginnings, about something that has begun this year and share testimonies about how God has been faithful and and some people are going to also get up. So I'm going to invite Carol first. Yeah, here's Carol. Carol is going to um, come up and share uh, what's on her heart and what uh, is she's been involved in this year. So. Thanks, Sam. My actually goes a little bit further back than just this year. Uh, Sam asked me to explain how the prayer ministry started. And from the start, before anything else, I want to give all the glory to God for his leading, his guiding his provision, his mercy, his unending grace and his faithfulness because it's been all of him that it's come into being and continued on. We're now drawing to the end of our second year. Um, And I'm sure as I talk you will see his hand throughout the whole story and uh, all that's happened. And as we look back over this year and we look forward into next year, we know that he's present and has been and will be in every circumstance that we face Um, Some of you will know Janet Bryce and at the DARE conference in 2016, Janet spoke a word over me and said that God had something for me to do in the new year, something that is a hand-in-glove fit and that it would be easy. And easy didn't mean that it required no effort but that I could do it at any time and it would come naturally to me and I had absolutely no idea what that would be. But I kept praying about it and just wondering what God had in mind. And in January 2017, I had conversations with Pastor David Bland about feeling drawn to intercession for our church. Uh, 
and shared Janet's word with him. And prayer has always been a priority for me. It's always the first thing I think to do with any situation. And I had been greatly blessed, as many of you would be, and many others that have gone to the Seton Church to have people pray for you after the end of the service. And that was something that has always been a really strong memory of my time at that church. So I was really eager to see that happening in our own church, for people to have that opportunity to respond to a message or to bring a struggle that they're having and, and just have people pray with them. David was very supportive and after a lot of prayer and approaching various people to come and be part of the ministry, we started in March last year. And you all know that there's two parts to the ministry. There's the group of lovely people we have that come to the front of the church every Sunday and then there's the 20 people that are, oh, I think it's not quite 20 now, um, but we've got about 18 or 19, I should count it. But that group of faithful people who pray for all the needs that are uh, given to us. Some come through the connect cards and phone calls, texts, whatever. Whenever I get a text, a message of a prayer need, I text it to them and so they begin to intercede and to pray for that need straight away. Some of the prayers are needed for weeks or months. Some have been answered very quickly. Some have been recurring. You think it's done and then it comes back again. The people are still struggling or there's a new aspect to that situation and some are urgent. But it is such a wonderful thing to be able to take them to the Lord and know that every time we pray, we bring him into the situation and uh, he's done so much. Looking back over all of the requests we've had and looking at how he has comforted, there's been some people have gone through very deep waters in the last 12 months, families in this church that have had awful things to deal with and uh, lots of joys and celebrations, but in all of it, God has been faithful and it's just been amazing to just reflect back on that. And this morning we're going to be really encouraged to hear Anthony come and talk to us about one of those prayers that have been answered. We could have had a whole line of people here, but because of time constraints we had to just limit it to one. But there were many wonderful stories that could be shared. Thanks, Carol. Some of you may know that our youngest daughter, Hannah, has for the past 18 months worked with an organisation called Encounter Youth. Uh, Encounter Youth uh, actually runs the schoolies program in Victor Harbour and a number of programs in various high schools and also a, a regular outreach to young people in Hindley Street. In the middle of this year, Hannah was asked to actually um, organise and manage the schoolies event or festival in Victor Harbour. It was really a huge task. Uh, Christy and I probably didn't appreciate just how big the task was until we were invited down to a, a VIP tour on the night the festival opened. The festival started as a way for young people to celebrate the end of high school. They really wanted just to let down their hair Sadly, it quickly grew a reputation for very unruly behaviour, uh, drug and alcohol abuse and vandalism. And the community down in Victor Harbour really hated the end of each year as the festival came up. About 20 years ago, some young Christians felt to go down and attend the festival just to provide a Christian presence and to be available to help any of the young people who got into trouble. 
Um, that very simple beginnings grew to become Encounter Youth as more and more Christian young people from various churches went down just to share. Today, Encounter Youth organises the whole of the festival, including the management and uh, a team of 500 Christian volunteers, young people from a whole myriad, a range of different churches across Adelaide. These young people provide care and support for the schoolies and really, in a very practical way, show Christ's love. Uh, it's a wonderful witness to the community. Clearly, this sort of witness isn't something that Satan enjoys. In uh, Ephesians 6, Paul wrote that we wrestle not against a flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against uh, the rulers of the dark places of this age, and against spiritual hosts uh, of wickedness in the heavenly places. And truly, there has been a huge attack on the schoolies uh, event as Satan's tried to derail things. Arranging the festival involves uh, liaising with a myriad of different people, uh, from the local government authorities to the police to the St John's, to the local caravan operators, to contractors and entertainers, not to mention, of course, working with the volunteers themselves. There are plenty of opportunities for Satan to disrupt or derail plans and relationships. And this year, as problems arose, it was wonderful to be able to bring them back to the prayer team at the church and ask them to pray for specific issues and to provide spiritual covering for the whole of the Encounter Youth group. There were many little miracles along the way. We saw relationships restored or strengthened. It's just been a, a fantastic thing. Probably the biggest challenge for the festival came in the final week leading up to the event. During this week, the centre of Victor Harbour basically has to be shut down, literally fenced off and uh, traffic restrictions put in place. The festival venue, Warland Reserve, has to be established, setting up tents and marquees and putting in equipment. A control centre to monitor all the activities and to monitor the uh, volunteers has to be established. There was even a field hospital that had to be set up so that there wasn't pressure from the festival on the local hospital down at Victor Harbour. So much more to do. Now, some of you may recall that the week immediately prior to the festival, South Australia was lashed by severe and very unseasonal weather. There was hail and rain, wind and thunder and lightning. It was the worst lead-up week in the event's history. The prayer team was alerted. Miraculously, despite all the obstacles that nature could put up, everything was in place for the festival to open on the Friday evening. It, it really was quite a miracle, and the organisers still don't quite know how it all came together. Because uh, literally on the, the Tuesday when they went down to start setting up, you couldn't put a tent up in Victor Harbour. The wind was so severe. Following the festival, many people, including the police and St John's, 
have commented that this year's event was the best on record. There were no major incidents during the whole of the festival, which is, is a first. While we give thanks for the success of the event, we acknowledge the importance and the power of the underlying prayer support, and we give all honour and glory to the Lord for that. The power of prayer. Um, just to move on and tell you how else the, the prayer ministry has taken shape. After 12 months, um, the Lord uh, led me to start a morning prayer group here in the church that we meet at 8 o'clock before anything else happens. And I'd met with David Bland again to talk this through and just again felt a really strong need for covering our services in prayer. And David felt also that the Lord wanted it to start at 8 because the setup team arrives at 8.30 and then things get busy. But we both wanted prayer to be the first thing that was happening here on the first day of the week before anything else started. And again, there were several conversations and I shared with him the strong desire I had felt for a long time for the gifts of the Holy Spirit to be evident in our services and um, that this was one of the things we could our focus our prayers on. And with David's encouragement, we started this in February of this year. And I'm so grateful to David and Judy for their support at that time because they came every Sunday until David left in July. It was great to have their, their presence there and uh, to uh, also to join in the prayers. And then you might remember earlier this year on the 4th of March, uh, Pastor Rebecca Matson came to us from Alice Springs and during her um, message, she gave a prophecy to David Bland concerning the preparation for future growth in our church. And Reb mentioned several things, quoting from Isaiah 54, that God wants us to enlarge our tent and strengthen our stakes. We need to get ready for the changes that God wants to make in our church. We will need to have the capacity to hold on to them. We need to be strengthened spiritually in our ministries and in our prayer life. And Reb said that without prayer, what is going to be built would topple. I personally felt very encouraged because the weekly prayer meeting had only been going for a couple of weeks at that stage, but it was very clearly confirmed through Reb's word that this was of the Lord and it was a priority. And as shown in the book of Acts, we believe that um, every significant move in the new church uh, was undergirded by the Holy Spirit or, or caused by the Holy Spirit. Zephaniah tells us that not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. And it's him that we need in everything that we do. And that's why I wanted, felt really led for that focus in our prayers on Sunday morning. Following Reb's visit, the thought of preparing for what God was going to do in our midst stayed very much with me. And I felt it was really important to begin a prayer meeting involving the church leadership and all the intercessors to pray and begin to seek the Lord for whatever he was wanting to do. And again, David was very supportive of this and helped me to get it set up. It took a little while to be able to get a date when those people could all come together on the same night. And the first at the first meeting we had, there were 24 of us there to pray and worship and wait on the Lord. And I can't express enough my gratitude and respect for David and Judy at that time because they came to that first meeting which ended up being three nights before David's resignation was announced, yet they still came and prayed for our church. Like most of us, I was somewhat stunned 
at that time, but again so encouraged that God had it in hand for us to begin praying for the future direction with no idea of what was in front of us or how quickly things would change. He is so faithful and we have received some very clear words and scriptures at those meetings to help us to grow spiritually as we become the church that he wants us to be and as we move forward into what he has planned for us. We've had three meetings so far and uh, we now feel that the time is right to make it a monthly event and uh, also to open it up to any of you who have a heart to pray for the church and our um, the direction that God wants to take us in. This will still be a meeting where we pray and worship and wait on the Lord and listen to what he wants to say to us. And I think if you spoke to anybody who attends those meetings, they'll tell you that the time goes very quickly. Our first meeting for 2019 will be in the Coach House on Thursday the 31st of January from 7.30 until 9. And we are very punctual at finishing at 9 o'clock. Then... We'll meet every month on the last Thursday of the month. So we hope that you can join us. We would love to have you come and be part of it. And uh, thank you very much for listening. Thanks, Carol. Uh, amazing ministry and amazing passion uh, from Carol to, to run that. And it's awesome to see uh, the Lord really move through it and answer prayers. Uh, we've had one, like Carol said, uh, one testimony, but there could be many, many, many uh, of how the intercession team have been praying and we've seen God really at work. Uh, so we really want to strengthen that ministry and see it continue uh, going on forward uh, into 2019. So that's fantastic. Uh, next I'm going to invite Marion. Marion's going to come up and she's going to share of something that she's been doing this year as well and again the theme of of god's faithfulness and uh his equipping of us as we uh enter into ministry uh is is evident as she shares thanks thank you i've asked to be led in with a song by van morrison <laughs> What are you laughing at? That was totally unexpected. Oh. Every day will 
hope and comfort And you from my life with laughter You can make it better Is my troubles, that's what you do the song he saw the truth of it in the love that God has for us and the love that we can show to God so we became aware of this song that Van Morrison actually wrote it as a worship song to God um, and we used it in the joy group as a lead-in to quieten our souls and to prepare us for a time with God and you might say, well, what is this Joy Group? Joy Group um, was developed by Dorothy and George Matheson as part of a counselling program that they ran. They believed that healing of the body, the soul and the mind can come through communication with God um, and that it's always relational. And as a result of that, they set up a joy group um, about 10 years ago in Victor Harbour. And uh, maybe four years ago, three of us from this church went to a seminar that Dorothy ran. It was Marguerite Koshal, Carol Sullivan and myself. Um, and we were greatly impressed by the teaching um, the real name is actually Companion Life, and the life is an acronym for living in the presence of Jesus, identifying past stories of his presence, and finding him in moments that he seemed absent, and expressing thanks to him. And relationships is a very important part of it. So what does one do in a joy group? I know it does sound like a quaint little name, and maybe we need to do something about that. Um, but we meet fortnightly, and we have a short prayer and an opening activity like a beautiful Christian song. How about, Have I Told You Lately That I Love You by Van Morrison? That's how I became aware of it looking for uh, an opening song. 
might not be a song, it might be an activity where we recognise the presence of Jesus in our hearts and in, in our lives around us. We, we then have a centering prayer for 20 minutes that we enter prayerfully using the sentence, thank you Jesus, you are my, might be my strength, might be my hope, might be my strong tower, but we, we pray this prayer as we lead in to a quiet centering time. Now, it's not meditation. The meditation that's been hijacked by the world and people are asked to empty their minds. We don't empty our mind. We actually choose a sacred word. And for us, our sacred word is Maranatha, which means Jesus come. This process goes back almost to the first century. Around about the third century, there were um, people who withdrew from daily life and uh, withdrew to the desert. And they were called the Desert Fathers and they actually developed monasticism. And that's the practice of thoughts returning to God and being aware of God's presence in their life. So we quieten in this way. And if our mind wanders, or we start to think about the shopping list, or whether I should put um, curry in the stew, we remember Maranatha, Jesus come, and we return to a contemplation of God, sitting comfortably with eyes closed for an agreed time, and then when the time is up, we remain in silence until we're prompted to return to the room. Then we share a joy moment and remember that the joy of the Lord has such healing power. So around the group, we share a moment that brought us joy and that we recognise the presence of Jesus in that moment. Um, it's very often some wonderful blessing that's come in regard to it our family or, Lord's, or the Lord's provision. Then after that, we have a cup of tea and a biscuit and we all go home. Um, so I would like to invite the women from the Joy Group who've agreed to come and share what they get out of being joy, in the Joy Group to come along and share a, a, a brief um, comment on what the Joy Group has done for them. And I'm presuming this is working. Hello, are you working? Um, I've got my little aid here. I think it helps clarify my mind a little bit. Um, joy Group for me provides a time of organised peace, which sounds like a contradiction, but that actually works well for me. I'm a school teacher. The last thing that I usually want to do in my day is go out and listen to more people talk or have to talk to them. The joy group starts for me with the 20 minutes of contemplation, which gives me a chance to praise and thank the Lord in a quiet and meaningful way. We start the evening off and that helps us to be peaceful after a busy day and focus on Jesus and that's the reason why we're there. 
And then we follow up with everyone sharing about something in their life, whether it's big or small over the past fortnight. We know everyone's got difficulties, great and small, in their lives, but this is a way of focusing on the good things which the Lord has done for us instead of focusing on the difficulties that we may be having. And that doesn't mean we ignore the difficulties because they are part of our conversations later and the developing relationships that I've had with, with all these ladies. And the focus for me is on thanking the Lord and then hearing about his goodness in others' lives and remembering his goodness in mine. Uh, so I came to this church about two years ago. I've been to many churches before um, since I've been in Adelaide and I have to say this has been the most welcoming church I've ever come to. Um, one of the reasons for that is because I've actually stepped out and I've actually not just walked in and walked straight out again, I've actually wanted to make connections for the first time for a long time. For me the Joy Group is a way to do that. I've met some amazing women who are my friends. We can go out for coffee, we can go to the movies, we can go out for dinner. Um, it's the first time I've been able to do that for many, many years. I have a challenging household, um, and for those of you who have children and think that they're going to move out at 18 and you won't see them again, it doesn't happen. My girls are still at uni and they still want me all the time and they just talk at me all the time, whether it's about an assignment or somewhere they've been or a movie they're watching or a book they're reading, I have to listen. So for me, Going out, spending time with women that I admire, who are a support to me, who, uh, and, and I struggle for 20 minutes to, to keep my mind on track and to be quiet, because um, I'm, I'm not used to that, but it's really great for me to actually have a time set aside, even though it's only 20 minutes, um, I really use that time as best I can. But also the fact of finding a joy moment. You're not constantly thinking about, um, the things that have gone wrong, which is often the case, you can actually look back and go, oh, which joy moment is it going to be? You know, there'd be many, or, mm, you know, and often I've gone, mm, haven't really got a joy moment this week, but this wasn't really bad, or that was okay. And I get a lot of support. Um, and my girls have got into the thing now, so when I'm going out on a Monday night, they're like, what's your joy moment? Is it because I did this or I did that? I'm like, well, <laughs> not necessarily. But it, it's great because it's even got them now thinking about their joy moments. And um, for me, that's been really important to, to look for those joy moments and, and realise that, you know, God is with me in everything that I do each week. And it may not have gone the way that I expected it to go, but I know that he's, um, he is giving me those moments where I can really... Um, see that his hand is on me and, and he's answering my prayers and, and he's giving me that joy. Um, the joy group for me is uh, a special time because I have um, a bit of a hectic life sometimes um, and I have two speeds, stop and go. Um, so I find when I go to the joy group it just gives me time to um, consciously um, relax and not think of anything else and just let the Lord um, talk to me um, and it's also given me a chance to meet some lovely ladies in the church and I um, and develop a really wonderful friendship with them so I'm really blessed to have the opportunity to be part of it. Good morning. Um, Joy Group, for me it's a time of encouragement um, and like the scripture says it's the joy of the Lord that is our strength 
and to come together and actually really focus on joy. Um, we, apart from joy moments, which can be short sometimes or sometimes they can be long, we also occasionally have a sapphire story. So Sam sort of said this morning about storytelling. Um, someone might share a much longer story. And in that story, sometimes you might even sit and think, hmm, where's the joy going to be here? And then afterwards, the absolute beauty that comes out of that story of God's presence, his hand, his care and his guidance on us and his total love for us is the best way that we can encourage each other. So I always go to joy group and even if sometimes you're very tired and think, oh, I don't know if I can really go tonight, there's always that thing that you come home with a spring in your step and the encouragement to take you through that next week. So I'm blessed by joy group. Well, Marion threw me off then playing that song. I wasn't expecting it. Um, that was a very important song to my husband and myself. So, thanks. <laughs> but I've only been coming to the Joy Group for a few sessions, but it's been really great meeting with like-minded people. And I feel the hopes there for me to reconnect with God after a very turbulent few years and to bring thanks for what my life is. And to quote from one of Dorothy's books, hope becomes real and joy is built. Thank you. So what's next? Well, as I said before, we're planning to set up another group. This group was actually a pilot group. We'd see how it went, totally um, unsure. Yes, <laughs> it's failed terribly. Look at these ladies. Um, so the new one, the details of where and when will be announced later. We would like to encourage it to be a mixed group. What's my joy moment that I'm going to take to that group? My husband has said he will come along to that group. <laughs> Thank you, Ken. So take away my sadness, fill my life with gladness, ease my troubles. That's what you do. I don't know about you, but after hearing all those stories, I want to be part of that joy group. Yeah? Anyone else feeling that? Absolutely. So come and see, see Marion if you want to be, be part of that group. And thanks to Marion for your, your listening to the Lord and your desire to yeah, take this ministry on into 2019. Willie. Willie is going to come and share. We have um, part of our partial care team. We, we, we realise that you know, there might be some people who really need to um, like get together and really work through some things in, in their lives. And, and out of that, Willie said, hey, look, I've got this really burning desire to run a course uh, based on a book, uh, How People Grow. So Willie's going to share about that course, how it's gone, how it started, and a few testimonies as well. Thanks, Sam. Good morning, everyone. I'll try and not be too long because I'm aware time's getting a bit away from us. But yes, as Sam said, when we meet on Monday mornings and we, we think and worry and pray and do all sorts of things about people in the church, that we our heart is for them. And, um, and, and again, as Sam said, what came to mind was that if people grow in their faith, then that helps them in all sorts of aspects 
aspects of their lives. And that this is the thing that we are called to do as Christians. You know, Jesus said once, be born again. And he said so many times, follow me. And to follow him means to learn about him. It means to grow in him. And every aspect of our life is spiritual growth. Whatever we're doing in life, it's all to do with our spirituality. So I suggested to Sam about this book that um, I had been reading. It's How People Grow from Henry Cloud and John Townsend. Um, Brilliant writers. They're psychologists, they're Christians, they're theologians. Um, But it, it just... I thought it was a fantastic journey. There's so many wonderful things in this book to share with people. I'll just give you a bit of an idea um, of the sort of things that we talk about. We talk about paradise lost, so the, so the fall and how that affects us. Then we talk in, in another section about the, about the master gardener, the God of growth, and we look at the God of grace, Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And then another part is finding the best climate for people to grow, and that is God's plan, which is people, and open spaces, the power of acceptance, and getting to the warmth of forgiveness. And then there's a whole list of things which have been so interesting. Um, I won't read them all, but just some of them about the path of growth is no pain, no gain, the role of suffering and grief in our life, and growing tasty fruit, becoming a righteous person, the value of pruning, which is discipline. And I love this one, water from a deeper well, which is spiritual poverty. It's, it just um, speaks to me. Following the gardener, obedience, and pulling the weeds, the problem of sin and temptation. And another one that I really enjoy is facing reality, how truth deepens growth. If we get real with ourselves, look inside of ourselves and become truthful with ourselves. And then putting on gloves, becoming active. We've got to do things if we want to grow. We can't just sit there and expect we're going to change. There's things we have to do. And then there's also the aspect of time. Sometimes time itself plays a great role in our spiritual growth. So we've had a fun time um, this year. We've run 19 uh, fortnights. And um, we've had 10 people attend, um, the majority of them very regularly. And um, it's just been a really wonderful time of getting to know people. Two of my daughters were in the group and they're not here this morning, but Lauren said to me, I asked her to share and she said, no, Mum, I don't like public speaking. But she said when she went home every night, she said there was a joy in her step and she was so bubbly and she wants to do it again next year. So she, I'm really, really um, pleased that she wants to do that. It's encouraged me. So next year, we want to do it again. We'll speak more about that um, as the year starts. Um, and I guess I just want to encourage everybody that our lives are about Jesus, aren't they? They're not about our everyday life, although that's important too. But we are believers in Jesus. We need to... We need to draw close to him. Times are tough. The world's in a bad place. We need to be a light to our world. We can only become a light to our world when we're a light inside ourselves. And that is by growing in grace. You know, God will draw so close to us if we will just step out and draw close to him. He's got so many wonderful plans for our lives. But it becomes in being real with ourselves and saying, Lord, here I am. 
change me, rearrange me. Let me be a follower of you. Show me how to do it. Help me to grow. And we all need to take that step in learning how to grow. I've got a couple of my team. Um, I have to, first of all, I want to say thank you to Marion Mays. She was my right-hand lady and I couldn't have done the year without her. <laughs> we had lots of fun. But um, I'm just going to get two of my team to share just to, to give you a bit of an idea of, of the course. And hopefully you might approach me and you might like to do it next year. So, um, Barb and Margaret, if you, if you can keep it um, brief because I'm aware of time, I know you will. Here they are again. <laughs> it's, it's, it's two sides of the same coin, I think, in a way, the evenings have been. Sorry, beg your pardon, two sides of the same coin. Um, Grow Group is a way of sharing within a framework of care to enable us all to mature as Christians. The reading of chapters of how people grow guides the questions for each evening and gradually we open up and each person's story aids the other person and leads to a deepening of, of relationships. It's like being involved with after-church conversations but leading to more depth and opportunities to learn from each other than there is just when you're in the, in the, in the back room there. It was very uplifting. As humans, we all have concerns of different kinds, but the evening didn't dwell on those concerns alone and there was a lot of joy, again, in our interaction. We would finish the evenings feeling upbeat and I would rarely miss a meeting, even though I'd already spent the whole day talking or sharing in my work. I would recommend it to Christians who want to mature, as well as those who are trying to find a way to relate more meaningfully to others. I may seem like a connect group uh, groupie, yes. I also go to a connect group, as well as the Joy group and Wally's group, and each one has given me something different. So when I came here two years ago, I decided it was all in. So yes, I'll put my hand up, and they are different aspects. Uh, this one required homework. I never do my homework for connect group, but don't tell Richard, although I think he may have guessed. <laughs> But I wanted to give it my everything. And so I would read my book um, and my girls would make sure that I did my homework, um, even if it was on the train that same day. Um, now I've been a Christian for 30 years. I know about acceptance, forgiveness, all of that. I don't know at all, but I've got a good foundation. And I would go along thinking, yeah, I've got this one. You know, I'm pretty okay about that. And then Willie would start to distill it out and bring out those questions. And then I'd kind of go, hmm, actually, hadn't thought about that. Um, and I also grew up in a house where what happened in the house stayed in the house. You didn't talk about your feelings with anybody else. So, you know, we're fine. There's no problems. So this was a, this was a challenge for me to be vulnerable, to actually say to people, that actually really touches me because this happened. This is my life story. This is, this is how I've either gone through this or this is what I'm going through now, and how I've matured through that. And um, I also would absolutely recommend it. It is different. You do need to fully participate to really get the most out of it. But again, I've made some lovely friendships, and I've grown, and I've learned a lot. So it's definitely worthwhile. And thank you, Willie and Marion. Mm. Thanks, guys. 
So um, I'm really blessed because this group doesn't want to part. So we're continuing on as a connect group and we've got lots of interesting things. I've got some things in mind for next year. So that um, group from this year will now be a connect group and we will continue to focus on growth and becoming more Christ-like. So if you want to join this year, let me know. Thanks. Thank you, Willie. And can we just thank everyone who has got up and shared something uh, this morning? Let's just give everyone a, a hand because it's, it, it, it's not easy to get up and, and to be vulnerable and to share. And I think uh, it's been awesome just to hear those stories, those experiences, and to be encouraged and uplifted in our souls about how God is at work uh, in people's lives uh, in, in the midst of our church. But I didn't want to end this morning just looking back at 2018. Um, As Pastor Dave Smythe used to always say, the best is yet to come. And we really believe that prophetically, that the Lord has more for us. Uh, God is a God of more. And he has more for us. And so as we look into 2019, uh, we want to continue this theme of God's presence with us, his faithfulness. Uh, stepping out and maybe it might be that as you're listening to stories that the Holy Spirit's been talking to you in your ear about hey maybe there's something that I can start up maybe that thing that the Lord's been uh, pressing upon my heart might actually fit in with the life of the church and what God's vision is for us moving forward and if that is you I'd love to hear that uh, because we really believe that next year is going to be an awesome year that God is really going to do amazing things amongst us And part of thinking about next year is on February 10, everyone put it in your diaries, we're going to have a Vision Sunday where we're going to share what we think God has got for us for the year coming forward and uh, how you might participate and take part in that. But just, yeah, laying out some plans, laying out some strategies and saying, hey, we really believe that this next year is going to be the best year that is yet to come. So will you stand with me? as we uh, uh, end this morning and I just want to pray for the year that's been and for the year that is to come. Will you join us as we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the stories that we've heard. We know that you are a storytelling God and that through stories uh, we hear your heart of grace, your heart of love, your heart of relationship. And Lord, we just pray that uh, whatever 2018 has meant for the people here that they would like the joy group see your presence uh, in those moments that they would acknowledge that you have been there walking alongside every step of the way and lord as we move into 2019 we really pray that you go before us that your spirit empower us that we would really seek you uh, just like the prayer team is doing And that we would really want to be involved in all of the activity and in all of the goodness that you are are, are making a way for. So, Lord, open up our hearts that we would be uh, open to what you are wanting to do. Uh, Expand, like that uh, that word. May we expand our tent. May we have a more more capacity for what uh, we are able to do in your strength as you empower us by your spirit. And so, Lord, we pray for 2019, that it be filled with joy, 
that we know your presence, but Lord, that uh, the ministry of you and your word and your message will just go out from who we are as a church and that we would see fruit, fruit that will last and fruit that will build your kingdom here and for eternity. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I think 